Stranger Than Christian is sponsored by MDD Staffing Incorporated. You know, when you're looking for professional in-home care, a meticulous level of detail is so important. You don't want to leave the most cherished elements of your life to just anybody. That's where MDD Staffing comes in. They are a premier domestic staffing agency working to fill household jobs with the absolute best candidates available. Their standards are high and their interviews are thorough because that's what their families expect. The result of this approach is top-notch care from experienced, fully vetted professionals. Owned and operated by one of the most sought-after professional nannies in Boston, MDD Staffing is committed to maintaining the highest standard of excellence in all of its placements. Nannies, babysitters, dog walkers, housekeepers, and so much more. For more information or to explore the services available to you, email mddstaffing at gmail.com, find them on Facebook, or visit mddstaffing.com. And The Wash Vintage clothing and accessories at unbelievable prices. Search for The Wash Vintage on eBay to browse a vast selection of rare, unique, and fashionable merchandise. Follow The Wash Vintage on Instagram to get an exclusive look at sales, promotions, and the new stock that's added each and every week. The Wash Vintage for the masses. We have a new president this week, and I made a new friend this week, and I feel so proud. De la Ciudad de León in México. Este es Stranger Than Christian. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to another episode of Stranger Than Christian. My name is Christian Carrion. Let me get something off my chest real quick before we get into this episode, which I really think you're going to enjoy. Uh, thank you to everybody who has sent me messages, who sent us all kinds of support. Kat is doing so much better. Uh, I think she's just about done kicking COVID's ass. So I'm unbelievably excited. She doesn't have a fever anymore. She can breathe again. She can taste and smell again. Um, and I'm just so over the moon. So thank you to everybody who uh, helped make that happen with your wishes and your prayers and your thoughts and your messages. Thank you so much. I hope you like the new theme song, by the way. All the information about the song, the album, and the artist are in the show description. So check that out and give them a listen. They're unbelievably good. Today I'm talking to Joaquin, and Joaquin is from León, Mexico, and he works in the field of automation as it applies to automotive manufacturing, something which is having its moment right now and looks to be the future for that sector of the industrialized world. Automation is slowly stepping in and not necessarily replacing humans on the job, but uh, you know, to hear it from Joaquin, there's a push towards integrating the human workforce and the automated workforce. So almost like having robots and humans working side by side, which has its benefits. And I am interested to see where that part of the world goes. Joaquin is at the forefront of that. He uh, started his own business in Mexico, which I uh, very much admire as somebody who's trying to chip away at the status quo over here on this side of the border. Um, I was so excited to talk to him. And uh, it's my first guest from Mexico. So I am very excited to be able to cross that off my list. Another 
beautiful country I visited through this show. And I am so grateful, as I hope you are as well. Let me let you know we're on Facebook at Stranger Than Christian, Twitter at Stranger Than C, Patreon.com slash Stranger Than Christian for the unmastered version of this show. Unedited, ad-free, 10-second intro, pure content. I think you'll enjoy it. And my unedited conversation with Joaquin will be available on Patreon as soon as Saturday hits. Again, Saturday is when all my episodes hit the streaming services. They are exclusive to Radio Free Brooklyn before that. And I hope you go check it out and support me. Thank you very much. Not just for the unedited episodes, but there's all kinds of little goodies I'm going to throw up there. As soon as I think of them, I'm always in a state of thinking about how I can further the show, how I can promote it, how I can make it cooler, how I can make it better. Um, if you have any suggestions, by the way, whether you're a patron or not, I love feedback. Christian at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org is my email address. I respond to every email I get, so don't hold back. Let me know. I'd love to talk to you. I'm going to bring you that conversation with Joaquin from Mexico in just a minute. But first, here is a word of interest about a phenomenal program on the Apocalypse Podcast Network. You're listening to Stranger Than Christian on Radio Free Brooklyn. Stay right there. Hey there, Robo fans and Dino fans. Do you like science fiction? Do you like movies about robots and dinosaurs? Do you like podcasts that explore sci-fi philosophy through a fun and positive lens? Then you are going to love Robots vs. Dinosaurs. Every week, your host, Louis G, invites a guest onto the show to talk about one of their favorite sci-fi movies. It's a Robocast. It's a Dinocast. It's a battle for ultimate awesomeness in science fiction pop culture. Subscribe to Robots vs. Dinosaurs on Apple, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes every Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Robos Dinos or Twitter at Versus Robots. That is at VS Robots. Hello, Christian. Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you, Joaquin. Is that you? Yeah, that's me. Okay, yeah. perfect. How are you? Ah, uh, fine. Thank you. Um, just I'm sorry because I just changed uh, my microphone and I think it doesn't work. So sorry about that. Oh, that's okay. You sound great. Thank you very much. Um, just a little bit of a disclaimer here. Um, I won't apologize for my accent, but <laughs> please bear with me because I'm translating like in my mind so maybe some weird phrases are going to come out so <laughs> sorry about that no yeah. apology necessary for your accent or anything relating to the way you speak you sound just fine and i have no problem at all thank you very much man Excellent. so <laughs> how are you i'm doing well how has this day treated you ah very well very well actually i was looking forward to it um this is like a step out of my comfort zone so i'm really grateful for it is it do you not do things like this very often mm, no actually i like to to do things like this very often but um i never never with an uh foreigner yeah so never in english so this is uh like a first time for me oh fantastic yeah. <laughs> wow that's I'm, i i feel i feel very honored that's <laughs> great yeah what what made you want to make this the first English podcast you did? Why did you want to do this? Well, I, I'm trying to always uh, push the limits. I don't know. I, I've been like for three years uh, with with that mindset. 
So I listen to a lot of podcasts and some of them are in English. And I saw your uh, your post on, on Reddit, I think. Right. And yeah, and I got I got excited like like this is a great idea of what you are doing. And I just wanted to to become part of it, become part of it, yeah. <laughs> so that's Oh, thank it. you very much. I am excited that you made that choice. I really appreciate it. So today, and I promise I won't talk about this for the rest of the show. But today is January 19th. And today is the last day in office of a certain person in American <laughs> politics yeah, that everybody is really, really happy about, me included. Uh, and you live in Mexico right now. Yeah. Yeah, I am from here, from Mexico. Yeah. Has there been much discussion about the end of this particular time period? Yes, actually, there's been a lot of, of conversation about it because, you know, Um, we are very closely related to, to the U.S. economy. So, so there's been a lot of buzz uh, over here about that. And I think the, the, um, our, our countries or our people feeling is uh, positive about this change. Uh, you know, because uh, he wasn't the best uh, lover, of the, the greatest lover of Mexi Mexican lover. I, I don't know if that sounds right, but... No, he was not. <laughs> yeah, so... Um, We were uh, actually shocked by by all the uh, conflicts over there. Um, so that that's it. Yeah, we we've been talking a lot about that. So I I think it's for for the better for everyone. So that's great. I think I I agree with you a hundred percent. I just I know that the view of Mexico. Uh, from a lot of people living in America is not great. And that's so unfortunate because it's really the result of a lot of lies and a lot of, 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 of mistruths that, that people feel that way. It's, it's based on a lot of things that just aren't true. So I, I was curious to know what the feeling was in Mexico. Yeah, no, from, from my point of view, and, and I guess the, um, uh, the people I, I used to talk about, yeah, I used to talk, um, I, I think that's a, uh, We have a good feeling about this. Uh, we are kind of happy. So that's great for all, I guess. And, and I hope it's for the best, yeah? One of the things that still doesn't really sit right with me is how close it was. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, what they call like a landslide. It was, it, was, it was very close. It was still something like 60 million people voted for him. And that's something that we're going to have to deal with down the road, that people with that mentality still exist. And we'll have to figure that out. But in the meantime, the result altogether, I think, is very positive. Yeah, that's that's a problem because uh, it's it's a very very polarized opinion over there, and and over here also, we we have our own uh, issues with the current president, and and the public opinion is very polarized. So uh, that's 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 going to be hard to change. But you already made the first step to that. So cheers to that. Absolutely. Cheers to 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I hope this is a better one. I hope so. I think it will be. I, I, I hope that it will be. The way I was raised, I was always raised to look at things in a positive way, to say, oh, well, this will get better. Don't worry about it. This will improve. And in some situations, it's not helpful. But in other situations, it it's um, it definitely helps the time go by to look at things in an optimistic way. Yeah, definitely. It's I, I have that that same mindset that um, 
you you can't control some things, so you have to learn to live with it, and you you only can hope for the best and work towards it. Yeah. So so I right. I, I I think yeah I'm very optimistic about this year. Um, I think we learned a lot uh, from last year from the pandemic and everything. Uh, so I, I think people are starting to to realize a lot of things and to to uh, just sorry just lost just lost it but um, yeah so I think people are starting to to realize uh, some things about health and about working together for for things to change so I'm very optimistic about 2021. Right. Well, that's been a big lesson this year is is, yeah. is is priorities and realizing what's important and what have we been treating as important that's maybe not so important and reorganizing those yeah. priorities. That's been a, a huge lesson for me personally. Do you have any personal goals going into a new year? Is there anything you want to achieve or anything you want to do for yourself that you haven't done that you're looking forward to do uh, to doing? Yeah. Maybe yes, yes. I have a, a lot of things that I want to accomplish this year. Um, I, I just recently started my own company, so like uh, one year and three months ago. So yeah, of course, because of the pandemic, the the growth um, was well, uh, it was kind of stale, stale like like didn't grow anything right but, uh, because I, I work for the automotive industry so for three months it was uh, stopped like zero zero work nothing nothing so it didn't grow so much so i hoped for this year to to expand and to grow like i like i was planning to grow last year yeah but sorry no, no, that's okay. Tell me about your company. What, what do you do? <laughs> I, I mean, that's amazing that you started your own company. I, I, I saw your application. I won't say exactly how old you are, but you, I mean, you're my age. So that's a huge achievement for somebody my age. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, it's, it's been great. I love it. And I, I was thinking about uh, my own company for uh, at least five years, uh, but didn't didn't really find the time nor the motivation to to just start doing it. So uh, I got married in November uh, 2019. So, Congratulations! Thank you very much. I'm very happy. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So uh, one month before the wedding, uh, I was thinking like this is the time. Like uh, my life is about to change. So I want to turn the things around. And I'm going for it, yeah. So, <laughs> so I did it, and it's been great. I, I work for, uh, well, my speciality is uh, automation. Yeah, so I'm a bit of a programmer and project manager. So, um, I work with companies like, um, well, the the biggest companies there are in for vehicle manufacturing. And it's been great. It is I had a lot of, of uh, uh, work, so I'm grateful for that. Yeah, that's fantastic. And did you say you started the company a year and three months ago? Yeah, about a, uh, October 20, 2019. So that's right. a year. Yeah, wow. yeah. And then, so 
so October 2019, and then two or three months later is when we started <laughs> hearing news of the pandemic. So yeah. you had to you had to have been very nervous. Were there moments that you felt that maybe this was a mistake to start such a big undertaking? Yeah, I, I never thought it it was a mistake. And the first uh, days of the pandemic, uh, maybe you remember, we were all think th thinking that uh, this this is going to last three weeks, one month, tops. So I wasn't really scared. So then three weeks became two months and then another month. So I started to, to worry. And uh, thankfully, uh, I, has, I had just get paid for a job. So, so I had like this bit of a, a, a backup, I think. And right. uh, my wife has been so helpful. Yeah. So if, if I were, if I wasn't married, I I don't know what what I had what I would have done. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So she helped a lot, and thankfully, in about August, I think, uh, the industry reopened. So uh, <laughs> I got my job back. So that that was great. Yeah. <laughs> It's so helpful to have a wife who supports you in the things that you want to do, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely true. Uh, I wouldn't been able to do this without her help. So, Jackie, if you're listening to this, thank you very much. I love you. So, uh, <laughs> is that her name, Jackie? Yeah, ja That's yeah, Jackie. Her name is Jackie. That's so great. How did you meet? Um, well. Uh, I moved, uh, I'm not from this city. I'm from a city that's called Guadalajara. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about three hour drive. So I moved over here for college. So uh, I already had a friend that lived here before. So when I came to this town, I had no friends. So I started to hang out with her friends and Jackie was her best friend. So I, we met about uh, 10 years ago, I guess, or, or 11 yeah so wow but, and you've only been married for one yeah so uh we we didn't actually date till 2017 i guess yeah so that was seven years living here but not not dating so was it the kind of thing where you were friends and you had feelings for her and you had to confess it to her or tell her you know how you <laughs> felt yeah it was kind of weird because um in like three years after we met, we we didn't uh, hang out a lot, but then uh, we we started to work at the same place, and of course I started to have feelings for her, and a, a friend of ours, yeah, a common friend, uh, realized that and asked me, hey, do you like Jackie? Hey, yes, I do. Uh, please don't say nothing to her. <laughs> uh, yeah, and and she. <laughs> She goes and tells her, and then she came back and tell me that she didn't say anything, and I, and everything became kind of weird. Right. Yeah. So, uh -huh. so nothing <laughs> happened. That was like uh, I think about six to seven years ago. Right. And then we lost track of each other, and then we we stumbled upon each other and at a festival, at a beer festival, and magic happened again. So. <laughs> Right. So yeah, that, that, magic at the beer festival. Yeah, magic. <laughs> maybe maybe it has something to do with alcohol, but maybe. Uh... <laughs> no, but that sounds beautiful, though. That how did you? 
how did you know you had feelings for her? What was what did you see in her? What was the what was the feeling there where you realized, oh, wait a second, maybe I like this woman as more than a friend? Uh, okay, um, our first date, like like a real date, like like one on one, we we started to to talk, and I found out that she has um, something that I I find very attractive, that is passion for what she does. So I think that's that's the first. Well, of course she's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> so, right. Oh yeah. Let's get yeah. that out of the way. Make sure she knows. Jackie, yeah. let's <laughs> listen to what this man has to say. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, the, the first step is, is she's beautiful. Yeah. So sure. uh, then we. Yeah, but, but you know, there's a lot of beautiful people, but uh, there are kind of uh, shallow is the word. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 So. So. Uh, we we went on this, on this date and she told me about her job and I loved how she was very passionate about it and I that's something that I find uh, very attractive. So the next date uh, th- that was like <laughs> like a lot of of uh, green flags. <laughs> so right. yeah, so I I started to fall in love with her. Uh, I think with with that with her mind. She's funny. She's uh, uh, smart and hardworking. So, what else can you ask for? Yeah, that's perfect. That's that's exactly how I would. That's exactly how I would describe my wife as well. Cat, if you're listening, I love you. You are beautiful <laughs> and smart and strong. And she, that's 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 the love of my life. That this is getting so deep and romantic. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I know. We're only, we're only ten minutes in. We're already getting into love and romance. Yeah, my wife and I have been married. It'll be four years in March. Four years, beautiful. Four years. Yeah. Do you have yeah, a, yeah. Do Do you have children? We don't. No, we have two cats, but no kids. Uh, we have one cat. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't. I don't know. You know, I've talked about this with a couple of other people on the show. I, I don't know that having kids is in our plan. Okay. Um, my wife has, my wife has introduced me to a lot of ideas. And one of the ideas she's introduced me to is that of the big picture. So looking at, looking at the world and looking at what we can do to help the world. And in that context, I don't know that having a child, putting another child into the world is something that we want to do. We might want to adopt. We've talked about adopting. For a long time and maybe helping a child who's already in the world that needs help that to me sounds so much more rewarding at this yeah, point in my life that sounds sounds beautiful and and you have to to have a big heart uh, like a really big heart and a lot of love to to adopt and i think that's one of the most beautiful acts uh, a human being uh, can make yeah to adopt a child she has taught me a lot of emotional intelligence and I know that as somebody who's only been married for a year, I know that you will probably be able to think of who you were before you were married and think of yourself after you're married and see differences there. Yeah, definitely. Right. Like, do you feel like a better person? Oh man, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. We used to, to joke, we we sometimes joke about this, that (laughs) I used to be a caveman. Then I got married. <laughs> so, yep. <laughs> so she's still trying to civilize me. So. Right. Yeah. I mean, but, every every day is a struggle sometimes, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah no, but uh, but everything for the best. Yeah. I think I've I've um, I've uh, um, evolved a lot 
Mm, right. And that's great. It's it's amazing to the and and as a man, um or or at least from my point of view, you never think of marriage. Uh but then one day you wake up or or I woke up and I was like I need to marry her and, and this is going to be my life now. It's it's like uh I don't know, like a, like an eye opener or I don't know how to say it. Right. Well, yeah, no, that's a good way of saying it. You open your eyes to that reality where all of yeah. a sudden it feels like, okay, this is where my life is headed. Yeah. Yeah. definitely. Yeah, like, I mean, that's how it happened to me. I was living, I was living in a completely different state from my wife. We met on Facebook. Really? Uh, going that's on nice. uh, nine years ago. And she added me as a friend on my birthday because we had one mutual friend. And, you know, we had talked and I was I was still in college. So I was talking to who I was talking to. Not really not not sleeping around or being yeah. a, you know, like a terrible person. But, you know, I was having fun and, and meeting people and, and meeting course. girls. And, you know, Kat and Kat is is was one of the like girls that I was talking to. And as we talked more and more, I realized there was something more to this woman than I initially realized. And then we met in person about a month, month and a half later. And it 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 changed my world and i went back home and i i knew that i needed to live for this woman i knew that that's this great that, that this was going to be the future for me you know? beautiful that's beautiful and amazing and, and it's yeah it's, it's it's like like you say it it's just one moment and and you realize you realize that that, that you want this in your life yeah that right want, yeah that's beautiful yeah and, and it happened you know And, and I'm sure you can relate. It happened out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, everything started moving into place where all of a sudden, you know, I was living at home and I was with my parents and I never really saw a way that I could find my own house or find my own apartment or anything, you know, for the foreseeable future. I just never considered that to be part of my future. As soon as this woman entered my life, all of a sudden I said, I can do it. And we did it. And within a few months, we were living together, and and life was was amazing. Yeah, that's that's that sounds very similar to my experience. That right. Um, uh, it, what I feel uh, has changed the most in my, in my life from the moment I decided to marry her is that now I I feel like I ha I have a sense of purpose that I used that I didn't have. Yeah, I I was working and I was. Um, you know, studying and learning things, but uh, I didn't have like a like a specific purpose. Like, if you ask me, where where you wanna be in five years from now, I, I really didn't know what to say. So when I decided to get married with with Jackie, uh, everything was like uh, making sense. If if that. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it does. Yeah. Everything starts. Yeah. Everything starts making sense. Yeah. And everything starts fitting together. Sure. Yeah. And that's great. Uh, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> I have to tell you, for somebody who is nervous about his English, you're doing a fantastic job. Really? So far. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I I'm sure you were worried about about sounding in a way that maybe you didn't want to sound, but you're doing a fantastic job. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, it's because um, I I try to to read a lot in English. Like all everything that I read is in English because uh, I know I need English and I don't really have the time to practice or or anyone to practice with. Um, so I, I guess uh, I can read and I can write, but 
when you are uh, talking with your mouth, it's kind of harder, gets gets harder, and uh, I don't know. From the experience that I've had talking to people from South America, some of them worry about using the right phrases or using the right words and knowing what they want to say, but maybe saying it in a way that they feel doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. It's because um, when you're learning another language, um, the phrases won't translate literally. Like, um, for example, a, a phrase, a common phrase in Spanish, if I translate it, if, if I'll, if, uh, sorry, if I translate it literally, to English, it won't make any sense, you know? So I think that... Sorry, like what? Uh, let me think about it. Mm. Because I'll tell you this, I'm I'm 100% Puerto Rican and so was my family. Really? And I, yeah, I never learned Spanish because I was the first generation of my family born in America. And my parents thought that it was more important for me to learn English because that's what everybody around me was speaking. And any job that I wanted, I, I would need to yeah, know of English, course. you know? So they never, it's almost like they never got around to teaching me Spanish. And as I got older, I, I, I've wanted to learn, but I'm, I'm also kind of lazy and I don't, I, I haven't really put the work in for it, but that, that's one of my personal regrets is that I don't know Spanish. Yeah, actually it's, it's, I think it, that's a very common uh, phenomenon that uh, because you know a lot of mexican people goes to to the, migrate to the united states and the first generations uh, they don't learn spanish because they don't really need it so um i i think that's totally okay um and and, and from our point of view um you don't need need uh, you don't really need to learn another language because you already know the 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 world's language, okay, it's English. So, but we are Mex as Mexicans, uh, we speak in Spanish, but we need to learn English uh, in order to get access to more information or to more job opportunities. So, uh, we start to learn English from a very young age. Of course, not everyone, but um, right. Mm, well, well, in your line of work, is is speaking English? very important and uh, yeah very very much um more reading in english than speaking because all the technical information is 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 in in english and if you find you can find uh, everything in in spanish also but um, it's easier to find it in in its original source so it doesn't matter if the if the if there are uh, translated manuals uh, you always are going to find more information in English. That, it, you can check it right now. Uh, think about any topic and go to Wikipedia and check the Spanish page and the English page. And it's, it's always going to be bigger, the English page. I feel like one of the things that's happened as more languages are used on the internet and the internet becomes a greater resource in terms of translation. A lot of the times, if, you know, say there's an article in English and somebody needs to translate it into Spanish or Korean or German, the process is automated in that you can copy yeah. and paste the article, translate it, but then there isn't much care taken after that to make sure that it's translated effectively. They just put it through Google Translate and then boom, it's in whatever language you want. Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't do that good a job. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't make sense afterwards. Yeah, definitely. Some, sometimes it doesn't make sense. So, for example, uh, I'm learning German right now. Uh, Are you really? Yeah. 
I, I, I love the to learn languages, so sure. I, I, yeah, I'm just starting. But the the point is that uh, when I want to translate some something from Spanish to German in Google Google Translate or vice versa, uh, it makes more sense if I translate it to English because are more closely related. And sometimes if you translate from Spanish, uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So uh, it's helpful for My me. My English to... is still the base, right? Yeah, yeah. It's kind of uh, um, siblings, if, if that makes sense, sibling languages. Right, right, uh, right. So it makes more sense to translate from English to German and vice versa than to Spanish. So uh, a lot of times the, the Google Translate... Uh, does a great work for for helping you out of a, a, a I don't know a hurry or an emergency, but for okay. something deeper or or longer, it's, it's not that great. Yeah. Tell me in which way you're involved in automation. Is it in the manufacturing? Yeah, in the manufacturing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's it's exciting in both ways. I actually just heard just listened uh, about two weeks ago. Uh, podcast. I, I don't know if you have listened to it. A podcast with Joe Rogan, Rogan, and Elon Musk. Yes, it's yes, I have. It's it's so interesting uh, when they they um, go through through that through automation in in vehicle vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> so right. um, I think it's it's the future. Um, we we have to um, to be ready for it. Because I think a lot of people think that uh, automation is going to to uh, I, I don't know I, I lost track of what I was saying, but <laughs> maybe that it's going to be a bad thing that it's going to take over the world and that people yeah, won't have jobs, right? It's it's kind of true, but in some senses, I don't think that's totally true. For example, in my line of work, there's a lot of. Um, uh, divided opinions about this, about automation taking jobs. And that used to be totally true. But I think now the approach of the automation is not to take jobs, but to help the people do their jobs and and don't get uh, so tired or with a lot of uh, work-related risks. Right, I, I, something where humans and machines can work side by side instead yeah. of one replacing the other. Exactly. That, that's actually right. a big trend right now. That's a, there's a technology called uh, cobots or collaborative robots. That these are this generation of robots can work side by side with a with a person, and they do not replace what the person does, but they help what the person is doing. Yeah. You're listening to Stranger Than Christian with me, Christian Carrion, on Radio Free Brooklyn. For more information or to apply to be a guest on the show, visit StrangerThanChristian.com. New episodes air every Monday at 2 a.m. Eastern on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org and become available on all major streaming platforms the following Saturday. Subscribers on Patreon receive special benefits, including question submissions and unedited ad-free versions of each new episode. Visit patreon.com slash stranger than Christian to help support this creative venture. Thank you.
do you eventually want to move to America? Is that the goal of somebody in Mexico who starts her own business? No, I, I don't really think so. It's it's again, it's it's very hard to generalize, but um, there's a lot of people that that uh, will go over there to work. But me personally, I, I think I'm I'm okay. Maybe if I were to to move to another country, um, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't see myself in that situation right now. But eventually, I think it would be nice. But it's not something that uh, that is on my mind. You know. Right. Sure. 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 Yeah. I was just, you know, uh, sometimes uh, in, you know, in other countries, people have this dream of, of making it to America one day that America yeah, is the like American the land dream. Of, of, exactly the land of opportunity. Cool. And I, I wondered how that has changed because in the past few years, I feel like the, uh, the idea of America to people in other countries has been compromised. It's a little different now than it was 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, definitely. I wonder if it still seems like the land of opportunity that it seemed, you know, way back when. Yeah, I think so. Okay. Depends a lot of, of where you live here in Mexico and what do you do for a living and where do you come from? Like culturally, because there are people that that that's their reality that they know that when they come to 18 years old they are going to go to the United States because that's what their fathers did and that's what their grandparents did so they feel like like that's the only way so there's still a big reality here but um i don't think it's it's the same as as like you said it like 10 20 years ago And I actually, uh, yesterday I, I listened to this phrase and I loved it, that Mexico is like like the American dream, but in Mad Max. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you can... You, <laughs> you, you can do... Yeah, I guess so, huh? <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, I love that phrase. It's not mine, I love, but I love it. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> But but you know what? I, I love it, too, because it paints a picture of Mexico. And when I think I've never been to Mexico, I'd love to go. I've never been to Mexico. But when I picture Mexico, yes, I picture a lot of sand colored buildings, <laughs> I picture big blue skies. I picture a lot of desert, a lot of sand. And I'm sure that I'm way off. You know, I'm sure that as somebody who lives there, it doesn't look like that. What does Mexico look like? What is like, what's oh, the man. view? Like, what's the view out your closest window right now? What do you see? Mm. Go ahead and look. Okay. Um, I'm just seeing my car and then the street and then another house. But if, <laughs> if, I, if I, so that's kind of. What <laughs> <laughs> Cool. No, sorry, man. No, I'm not for real. If I look beyond those those houses, I see uh -huh. a mountain that's not very big. But the thing in Mexico is that you have like all the types of weather, 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 right? Weather, weather. Right, right. Yeah, you have all kinds of weather. So, for example, here where I live is uh, semi-desertic, but if I drive like three hours I get to something with uh, some place with snow 
And then if I drive uh, five hours to the other side, I find uh, a jungle and a beach. So it's very, very... Um, uh, it sounds like there's a wide variety. Yeah. Of right, yeah. sure. Well, that sounds like America as well. I mean, yeah, you know, I live right now in Pennsylvania, which is... Wooded area, right? It, it, yes, Heavenly a lot of wooded, wooded areas. Right, right, right. Um, we're not, I think we're landlocked. There's no, you know, water near us. Um, and, you know, if you go to the Pacific Northwest, there's a lot of snow and a lot of mountains. Uh, Mount St. Yeah. Helens is up there, which is one of the largest volcanoes in America. If you go down south, which is, you know, on the, on like on the border between Mexico and the United States, yeah. it gets very, very hot, which I'm sure you know. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. So in terms of the coronavirus, because I know that, Southern California and Arizona, New Mexico, that's sort of the hotspot right now for infections. How has that affected life in Mexico? Mm, you mean the coronavirus uh, generally? Right, right, right. Yeah, well, I just I know that recently there's been a huge spike in cases in the very southernmost part of the United States. And I wondered if that hasn't spilled over into Mexico. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, I, I, I don't uh, really know exactly about that area, but uh, there's a lot of well, there's a lot of new cases all over the country. Uh, uh, first, uh, principalmente or mainly, mainly, sorry, mainly in the center. So the state where I live in, we are in in, in Rev. The next state is in red, so all the center is in red. I don't really know about the north right now, and I don't know if if, if that correlates directly with the situation in the United States. But there's a, there's a lot of new cases every day, and it's speaking, yeah. So yeah, and, and and going a little bit back to the to the to the former point, um, I, I think. The idea that you have about Mexico, about the the sandy and the hot weather, is because all the north of Mexico is that way. So, uh, I I've I've been there, and it's like like really in the movies, like the movie painted. So some Mexicans get mm, I don't know if offended at the word, but weirded out at least that. Uh, the, how the world sees us like like a big desert, and I think it's because of that because the the part of Mexico that is uh, that is neighboring America, uh, it's it's that it's a, it's the, one of the hottest deserts in the world. So I think that that has to do with it. Right, it's probably the part of Mexico that I've just grown up seeing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, the movies yeah. and the movies, uh, they they kind of liked that stereotype because I guess it sells. But uh, I think you'd be amazed if you came to Mexico. You're you're gonna love it. I think traveling is is really fits your personality because you're kind of traveling right now, and and you have that uh, that uh, I, I'm going to say hunger because because of, of the lack of another term but hunger to 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 get information from from around the world so maybe traveling is is going to fit right into your personality i think that that part of the travel industry is going to be huge i think that there, there's going to be a, a whole, rebound 
Yeah. An entire revival of that of that industry. People are going to want to go out and see the world. I, I wonder what's going to come of that. I feel like from a creative standpoint, there's going to be all kinds of of new media and music and movies and TV that's going to come from this this expanded worldview. People are going to want to go out and see the world. Yeah, exactly. Even if, if you didn't have that uh, that urge or, or that feeling to, to go out, uh, I think now a lot of people are going to feel that that way. And it's, it's because you didn't know you were like uh, caged in the same place until right. you realize. Uh, it's like that old, that old cliche that you never know what you think until you lose it or something like that. Yeah, you never know what you have until it's gone. Yeah, that's, right. that's it. Right. So right. so now a lot of people is like, hey, I, I would like to travel. I mean, I've never traveled, but I would like to have that option. About a year before the pandemic started, uh, I started to um, to give tours, cantina tours in my city to foreigners. So I I loved it because I knew people from, from all over the world. Yeah, right. that's great. In in uh, wow, that's amazing work. So you gave tours to people visiting your area, in Mexico. Yeah, actually, it it came actually out of nowhere. Like I was in a, a cantina. You know, you know what a cantina is, right? Like a like yes. a traditional oh, well, pub. Right. Yes. Yes. yes yeah. Yes. So so I was in a cantina pub in a in a cantina. Yeah, and then we moved to another one, and and then I was like. Uh, If I were in another city, I would pay for this. And I Googled it. And some people are doing it in other cities and in other countries, but no one was doing it in, in this city, in Leon. So, right. so I just, that, that ne the next day I came into Airbnb and started the experience. And the next day I had booked uh, a group of 10 people so i was like i don't know I don't... wow that's amazing <laughs> so it's almost like they call it in america a pub crawl yeah yeah that's exactly that's exactly the term yeah crawl. right yeah 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 wow yeah so that's amazing so so when you bring somebody on a tour of the different cantinas in in your city what are some of the highlights why are they so distinct and what makes them worth seeing like what's exciting about them? Mm, okay first of all i had to study this for one day <laughs> to be ready okay okay <laughs> yeah i kind of knew everything but i i, I was like ah, i don't know nothing and i went to uh to study and to to plan the tour so um you at the first time i thought um The most attractive part was the the age of the buildings. Like this building is from 1910 and it's been on the same family for three generations. And I thought this was going to sell, but it turned out that uh, people from, from England came and they were like, okay, in, in, in my town, there's a, there's a pub that has been going on from like, six centuries <laughs> right so, so <laughs> that's not so impressive yeah. to them so i realized that that the thing here is that mm, mexico is a country of rights rights like you know what are uh, i don't know if i, I am saying it correctly a right r-i-t-e right okay sure yeah so um There's a lot of small traditions going on in, in right. those places. For example, there are places that uh, food is free 
and you just have to drink. Stories of the of the tequila, of the mezcal and pulque, that's our beverages. And those traditions that led up to to this type of establishments, that's like um, like what what I found that it was interesting for, for foreigners. You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax-deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly pledge or one-time donation at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. If you'd like to listen to RFB when you're not in front of your computer, please consider downloading our free mobile app for iPhone and Android, available in the App Store for iPhone or the Google Play Store for Android. And please be sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter for the latest news about new programming and upcoming RFB events. You can sign up at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash newsletter. Tell me about mezcal. Tell me what it is, how it's made, what the legend is behind mezcal. Okay, that's, uh, you know, the most um, known uh, beverage from Mexico is tequila, right? Right. So tequila. I know that very well. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) So uh, it turns out tequila is just a type of mezcal. So tequila is a a mezcal that is from from one specific plant of agave, azul. Mm -hmm. But there are uh, hundreds of varieties of of agave. So mezcal is made in a more um, crafty manner, in a more uh, artisan way. So um, you find a lot of, of... different mezcals and they have a very big range of flavors and and smells mm-hmm. um what else about mezcal it is because we we should be sitting right now with a mezcal and <laughs> you need to, to, know, to that, drink mezcal that would, be, yeah. that would be perfect you know what joaquin one day we will meet and we will have a glass of mezcal together and we will talk about it. <laughs> definitely. Um, one day. That's that's now on my list for 2021. I'm going to come visit and we're going to have some mezcal. Yeah, definitely. We're going to discuss it. Yeah, you're, you're like like one flight away. So. Yeah, exactly. And so are you. Come to Pennsylvania. Yeah, thank you. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know what good drinks we have around here, but I'll find one. Thank you. But uh, one thing that you need to know about mezcal, well, there's two things. That mezcal is drink, uh, we say... Uh, besitos that is like little kisses like right. you know the popular way of, of tequila is like shot 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 and bottom right, right, right. yeah so uh-huh. mezcal you don't you don't drink it like that you need to have uh, citrus fruits like orange or tangerine with uh, what is special salt and right you have to be drinking the mezcal like sip by sip and then you bite the the orange and an explosion of flavor is going to fill your mouth. So if you ever come to or or, or get to 
to drink a mezcal over there or over here, do not uh, bottoms up, just sip by sip and enjoy the moment. So there's a saying that is, uh, I'm going to say it in Spanish and then I'm going to, I, uh, I'm going to translate, that ah. is para todo mal mezcal y para todo bien también. So that means for every bad thing, mezcal, and for every good thing, also mezcal. That's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. That's that's poetic. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I love. So, the, all right. Maybe I'm wrong, but and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not. I seem to remember that there's a variety of mezcal that has a little worm in it. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. It's because. Um, okay, tell me about that. Okay, this this little worm lives in the plant. So, uh, for example, it, it, they say that there's just one worm. Uh, for every uh, plant, for every agave plant. So if, if you have the the bottle that has the worm, it's, it's like the best bottle from that specific plant. And it's, it's just like a tradition that you have the that uh, worm, you don't have to eat it, <laughs> but it's like a, right. like part of the of the of the culture to have the, the little worm over there. And sure. And actually, is um, I, I don't know if the word is scarce, but but there's not a lot of plants, so uh, scarce. Yeah, that's the word scarce. See, sure. Really? Okay. So scarce. Yeah, either one. Okay, so uh, these plants take like seven years to get ready, so. Uh, they don't want to industrialize the mezcal industry <laughs> because uh, they think that... Well, that would be the end of that Yeah, plant. exactly. Right, yeah. sure. And so the quality is going to go down. So the, the mezcaleros, that's the people that makes the mezcal, doesn't want, don't, don't want that, uh, that outcome. So they're still very traditional. They're very artisanal. Artisanal? That the word? Right. Is that a word? Yeah, that, that's the word. I'm telling you, every time you every time you've asked me if that's the right word, it's been the right word. I'm, <laughs> I'm amazed. I'm amazed. I, 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 you know, again, I you have no reason to be as nervous as you were when we started. Uh, thank you very fantastic. much. Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. Yeah. Well, I think it should stay that way as well. You know, that's yeah. once you introduce, you know, industrialization to something so. Uh, artisanal like you said it compromises the quality and then it compromises the source from which you get that quality so i mean if the plant goes extinct for the sake of making a few extra bottles i mean is you know was it worth it yeah it, I, I actually that kind of happened with tequila uh tequila uh -huh. was this very traditional beverage just like mezcal but uh, then industrialization came and they started to use the plant like when it was three years old and now they have a lot of uh, industrial-like processes that are uh, really damaging the, the the industry and the producers, the small producers. So Mezcal doesn't want that to happen. Things like that are so important to Mexican culture, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. You should come it's over here. Yeah, you, you're going to love it. I, I, I'm sure you're going to love it if you come. I'm telling you, I it, it, it is on my list. I, I want to come see Mexico. I've always been fascinated by me. I've been fascinated by the world, but my, but by Mexico in particular. And I, I hope that 
I hope I get to see it one day. Thank you very much. Have you been to yeah. Puerto Rico? When I was very, very young. I don't remember okay. it. I must have been about two years old. But I, I, I went once when I was very young. That I, I would love to I would love to visit as yeah, well. Yeah, I think I, I feel so bad when the um when uh, when Puerto Rico was having yeah. the earthquakes and storms and all that, and I felt like I should have gone to help because I have family there and yeah. I have people that were affected by it. And I didn't get to go, and I really regret that. But I would still love to go to Puerto Rico. Yeah, I think I think well, well I I don't know Puerto Rico, but um, from what I've heard and and seen, uh, I think it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place and a, a lot of culture and heritage that is behind you. <laughs> Absolutely, we yeah. have a lot of traveling to do. Yeah, hopefully soon. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Joaquin, it has been such a pleasure talking to you. You have brought me joy with your conversation and you talked for an hour. And I think that if you were nervous about your English <laughs> beforehand, you have no reason to be nervous now. I would. I, I think you should be proud of yourself for having such an excellent conversation and bringing me a lot of joy. And I'm sure that the people listening will enjoy hearing everything you have to say as well. I hope they do. And thank you very much. I, I really enjoyed it and I really appreciate it. Thank you for your words. And But please be sure to to text me if you ever come here, and, and I'll be so happy to help you. Oh, man, that would be great. And same here. If you ever come to America or come to Pennsylvania, come on over. I'll, I'll show you all the fun stuff. Okay. Say, okay. So uh, send, please send my regards to your wife. I can't, what, what, was, what was her name? Oh, Catherine is her name. Ah, so love to Catherine. <laughs> Catherine. Yes, and, and, and please send love to Jackie as well. Thank you so much. Bye. Have a nice All day. All right. You have a good night. Yeah, yeah, you, you too, too Joaquin. Bye. Bye. Stranger Than Christian is produced by me, Christian Carrion, for my studio in Lancaster City, Pennsylvania. Join me every Monday at 2 a.m. on RadioFreeBrooklyn.org for a brand new episode. And listen to my entire catalog of episodes on all major streaming services and at StrangerThanChristian.com. If you enjoy the show, support me on Patreon. You'll receive lots of perks and bonus content, including unedited, ad-free episodes of the show. Go to Patreon.com slash StrangerThanChristian to give your support. Until next week, thank you so much for tuning in to Stranger Than Christian on Radio Free Brooklyn, part of the Apocalypse Podcast Network. I'm Christian Carrion. Good night. If you live in New York City and run for either fun or exercise, here's a way to learn something about the city while you're getting in your workout. City Running Tours is now offering neighborhood running tours designed with locals in mind. New York City takes pride in the diversity and character of its neighborhoods, and these unique running tours offer an opportunity to learn the history of a neighborhood and get personal recommendations from your guide. Choose from tours of 23 neighborhoods, including the East Village, the Upper West Side, Bushwick, Long Island City, and Roosevelt Island. For more information about the running tours and to see the list of neighborhoods and full tour schedule, check out their website at www.cityrunningtours.com slash New York City. Also, check out a live tour every Saturday at 10 a.m. on Instagram.com slash cityrunningtours. Thanks for listening to the Apocalypse Podcast Network. For more great podcasts, go to apocalypsepodcastnetwork.com. And remember, every time you support one of our sponsors, you're supporting the podcast you just heard.